Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where two-thirds of we... We? See, we we did it. <laughs> we did it. Eben's like backpacking in Canada. He he does this every year. Oh, that's right. This yeah, is that this time is, this of is the his, year. Yeah, he and his boys go to Canada and, you know, do stuff. In in the frigid cold. Do LL Bean catalog looking stuff. I, you know you know what Eben said he wanted for his birthday like two years ago? What? Like a little hand hatchet. You know that, that, <laughs> that you know with, oh with a cool handle and uh, that that's you can go to Lowe's for that. Well, you know it had to be the cool handle. The you know, whatever. They, they all have cool handles. You you haven't been out to his cabin in the Poconos, have you? The family no, cabin. We, we need I to can't go believe. Crash well, you you live right there. How have you not been there? We get, we. I'd man, be insulted. Well, first of all, you got to come to the Poconos and come see us. I and will. Then we got to go crash it. Yes. By the way, how'd you do in the Super Bowl box pool? I'll let you brag. <laughs> uh, let's say I won the first two, <sighs> and the second two won by. Medina. Medina Parwana. Oh, congratulations to up. everybody associated with the show except for me. <laughs> I like your thought, though. You said you're going to put your name next to my box. Yes, I, I wanted to be close to you because I figured you'd be close to winning. Well, I, but you I, were I closer than close. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, got a lot got issues to talk about, but there's really only one Super Bowl. Congratulations to the New England Patriots. They beat the Los Angeles Rams in. The lowest scoring kicks. super yeah. <laughs> 13 3. It, the were, you Rams, th- were you thinking this is, as the game is going? Are you thinking like this is boring? Did no, you think that? Okay. No, you know what? See, this is, and I'm in the minority about this because I like a good defensive game. Yeah. And it was, you know, not three Patriots up at halftime. And it, it's, listen, some of the greatest plays in the history of football came from low scoring games. The uh, immaculate reception. Yeah, it was seven six. Uh, they were behind the uh, the Steelers, behind the Raiders, and then all of a sudden, Franco Harris, who was a rookie at the time, it happens, and then they win the game. So I mean, it, this I like the graphic though when Romo went through it, punt, 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 punt. Yeah, did punt, you see punt, that? Punt. It was like nine punts. But, yeah, they only had like five plays on one drive. You know, punt, punt, punt. <laughs> and he did a good job punting, by the way. The guy was good. No. I was thinking the MVP could be the punter. If they win this game, like six three, could have been the MVP. It, it be was the punter. close. Yeah, was kind of I don't know his name, but could have been the could have been the punter. I, I wish. Uh, I, I know. Look, you know, I know people when they go see baseball games, they would love to see an eleven ten baseball game. But sometimes you got pitchers' duels, and this is a defensive duel, is what you kind of had. Yeah, you did. I mean, this is Belichick at his best. You, 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 this is what he does, right? He you, gave Belichick two weeks to prepare. Yes, that's the standard line. He now, did. I'm now I'm not. I mean, Brady didn't look too good either. No, he didn't. No, I, I you know, I it, thought he missed some passes. He it wasn't just pressure. Like there were a couple of passes he normally hits and he missed. I know the Saints fans are thinking if we got there. That's what they're thinking. We would be winning. That is what they're thinking. I don't have the numbers yet for New Orleans because I'm curious to see what the ratings were in New Orleans. <laughs> but overall, the overnight, which is the fast rating, yeah. 44-9. That's the lowest since the Steelers and the Cardinals in 2009. Really? Yeah. Boston did a 57-4, LA 44-6. So I find it interesting that LA at 44.6 was lower than the national average of 44.9. <laughs> Unlike Kevin Demoff on our show saying LA is captivated, it seems like they had some other things to do. I I wonder about that. Well, because was there was also a thing where I think they were saying that Netflix streaming was at its lowest when the Super Bowl was on. Yeah. But at the same time, too, it's like, you know, people were watching other things. So I, I, I think part of it, 
is because I mean, ninth time that the Patriots have been to the Super Bowl. You got some Pat's fatigue, do you? A little. I think it's a little Pat's fatigue. But I always do this. I call it like the Howard Stern effect. Howard Stern had great ratings because half the people loved him, half the people hated him. Then I know it doesn't make mathematical sense. That little bit in the middle there wanted to see what he'd say next. So the Patriots, you tune in because you want to see him lose. So you're just rooting for her. Because think about this. And I don't remember who made this point, but it is a fun one to consider. That you would, would you not agree that the general sports fan was pulling for the Rams? They want to see the Patriots. So sort of your general, right? right. <laughs> this is an owner, a multi billionaire owner who ripped his team away from St. Louis <laughs> yeah. to go to, you know, <laughs> and yet he's the good guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, the Rams should be the team. Oh, <laughs> let the Rams, anybody but the Patriots. Oh, there's a lot of Stan Kroenke hatred out there if you're in St. Louis, man. And I get it because this was your team. You supported the team. You were behind it. All of a sudden, here come the Mayflowers, and then yeah. that's it. Well, let's not forget that the Patriots also had a press conference once on the, the uh, City Hall steps in Hartford saying, we're moving to Hartford. Yeah. And that so – this is sort of the playbook for professional sports. And if nothing else, if people listen to this show, what I'd like them to take out of this show is to forget the notion of these teams as civic trusts. I hate it when owners say, you know, I'm just a steward of the franchise. It really belongs to the fans. No, no it, it does doesn't. Not. All right. It's a Walmart. It's a, you know, it's it's just like any other business, folks. So you you should approach it as such. Don't it, get your heart broken when it leaves. See, this is we we fall for the okie doke as a fan about that. You know, well, what team was it that the oh, the, uh, the Marlins and they they win and then all of a sudden they sell off all the parts and they that's what happens. This is. It's a business, folks. It's a, the business of sports. And as we heard from Kevin and other guests, there's real estate, there's media. Yes, the teams are the centerpiece. However, these folks, these owners these days, and Demoff said this and others have said this as well, they run this like they do their core business. It's not okay if it's losing money, if, uh, if they're winning Super Bowls, winning World Series, but they're losing money. For most owners, that's not okay. See, it, you know I'm going to bring Detroit into this. Remember the Tigers <laughs> when they made yes, it to I the did. yeah <laughs> when they made it to the World Series yeah and that team I'm trying to I forgot the year like you know like oh something whatever when they you had uh, Max Scherzer yeah you had J D Martinez yeah Justin Verlander I mean I can go on and on and it's like this team can't lose it's like wait till next year right and all of a sudden. People started going out left and right. By the way, you want me to bring up Detroit? Yeah. How about me bringing a little Detroit into this? You got Tom Gores. You know, he runs uh, Platinum Equity. Yes. And we've been talking about the RSNs. So Tom Gores, from what I'm told, Platinum Equity Equity wanted the Fox Sports Detroit. Makes perfect sense. He's got the team there. Right. Um, Liberty Media owns the Atlanta Braves, John Malone. They wanted the Fox Sports South. That makes sense. The, The team is there. Um, but seems like the sale isn't going to be piecemeal. It's like take 21 RSNs or don't take anything. Yeah. So now you may have Gores and Platinum and John Malone and Liberty teaming up to perhaps go after the 21 RSNs. It's going to be a rocky month in that RSN sale. It's going to uh, be very interesting. That is. And, and uh, see, RSNs, uh, people, uh, we, 
we kind of forget, and then we get slapped in reality how valuable of a commodity the RSNs are. Well, yeah, I mean, yes, spits out about $500 million in EBITDA, um, but there's risk now. In a world of cord cutting, yeah. you have to wonder how much leverage do you have with the cable operators. So, hey, going by the window right now, I'm going to have to bang on the window. The Wilpons are going by. Hold one second. Oh, it's hold on. All right, that's it. Just want to say hi to Jeff and Fred Wilpon yeah, going by the window right now. They, they, they went right by. It was, yeah, well, yeah. That, you never know what's going on at Bloom, who's walking by. So we keep our heads up, and there go the Wilpon. <laughs> um, so you just don't know. Right now, a lot of these RSNs are on your basic tier. So yeah. they have the full distribution, and you get your whatever the price is per month per subscriber. Do the math. Right. But if you're not on that basic tier, that number comes down dramatically. So as one of the bidders in this thing told me, this is a risky business now. At this juncture, this is a risky business. This is not a slam dunk. Well, what I don't understand, though, is it. See, so you brought up the scenario where you, you can get a consortium, I guess. Yeah. And which makes perfect sense. Yeah. It, so why, why don't we see that more with other major ones, like uh, with maybe. Uh, I'm trying to pick a a major city with uh, in baseball. Well, yeah, but that's only one because that's only one network. Here you're talking about 21 networks, and you're going to need far distribution in these sort of get-togethers. You, the strategic partner, and in this clay, in this case right now, it seems like Sinclair right. is the big one, and obviously Liberty would be as well. You need some heft behind you, even if you're Apollo or somebody else. You know, big big money. You need a distribution gorilla next to you to make sure that you're going to have at least some decent distribution here. But but I, I get that, that you're talking about, you know, 2021, but why can't you have a consortium for each individual market is what I'm trying well, to Well, you could. It's just not needed. Like the Yankees can do yes. I mean, they're, they're even bringing in capital partners here. They're, they're Ontario teachers, Amazon, because this is a reimagined thing now. What What is yes going to look like in five, 10 years? It's going to be an app. It's going to be OTT. I had somebody tell me, that by 2024, and you can tell me yes or no, Bar, by 2024, this person wanted to bet me, by 2024, the NBA, because the NBA is more willing to take risks, they were the first to take everything to cable, the NBA will be 100% OTT. 2024. I could see that. Well, it, it, no, I could. I could well, see that. Okay. And, and they're doing their microtransactions now, OTT. You want to buy the, the last quarter? You want to buy the fourth quarter? Okay, 99 cents. You want to buy the first? Okay. But that's the world we're heading into. That's the easiest sport to do the OTT, just like that. Well, they were the first OTT. The, N the NBA, the League Pass, people forget this. League Pass was the first OTT. No, I, you're right. But I mean, but football is going to be the easiest to do. Yeah, because simply a lot of people are like, oh, let me check on the fourth quarter. I mean, yes, I know they do that with the NBA, whatever. But it, it, let's compare it. Let's put it this way. Let's compare it to the Super Bowl. People just want to see what the fourth quarter was because they thought it was boring. Yeah, but if you're betting, you want more than that. Well, and that's what we got to see. What's the engagement, right? I want the whole thing. But if you, you can go OTT and stream in a whole betting product, yeah, absolutely. Well, now that the NFL season is uh, in the books, the league could be looking for a rule change after the controversial no call. <laughs> well, you said wasn't you brought up the Saints? You were bringing up the Saints I the whole time. I was man in the NFC Championship game. They used to wear bags on their heads. The Saints. <laughs> I remember that. The yeah. Archie Manning era. Yeah, they used to wear bags on their yeah, heads. But they, they, you know, they, 
Stuff changed. Yes, it did. The Saints uh, beat us, uh, you know, with the Detroit Lions of the longest kick in the history. Tom Dempsey. I'll never forget that. Don't let's don't even get me started. Okay. Uh, Bloomberg <laughs> radio producer Rich Truman caught up with Rich McKay. And he's the Falcons president and chairman, as you know, of the NFL competition committee at the Super Bowl in Atlanta to get details. It's a call that you want called. Everybody would expect that to be called. Um, one thing about big games, uh, I've been fortunate enough to be around a lot of them uh, growing up and then in my professional career is, you know, there is that tendency not to throw flags because, you know, you kind of have it in the official's mind of, listen, you don't want to be the one deciding this game. So you better you better really see what you see. And that's why in those in those championship games, it's interesting. We always end up with, you know, 10 or 12 fouls a game. A regular season game, it's 16 to 17 fouls a game. And there's a reason, right? They'll tell you, oh, it's because the teams are better. Mm, maybe. And maybe it's the situation that you let the, the players play a little bit. But in that one, when the ball, when you see the replay, and the ball goes behind the defender's back, you, you realize, hey, listen, his ability to catch the ball and get to the ball was blocked. Um, I think I knew, as I knew the day I was home uh, and I saw Des Bryant catch a ball against uh, Green Bay, and then it get overturned in replay. I told my wife at that point, I said, well, it'll be an interesting offseason. Uh, and uh, I knew when we saw that play that there'd be discussion. Um, listen, technology today in our league has gotten way better. And uh, we, we'd, uh, we would be foolish not to look at technology and, and use it to our benefit. Um, I think the one thing we know from history in the NFL, though, when it comes to replay, is that replay doesn't cure everything. And you have to make sure that when you do anything with replay that you have thought through all the implications of how it might impact the game, both from how they play it and how it's viewed, both. Because in 86 to 92, we had a replay system uh, that involved uh, uh, people upstairs deciding what to uh, review and not review, and we voted it out. It lost. It was gone uh, from 92 to 98. We brought it back because we limited replay. It was very limited. So we have to keep replay within those guidelines of not taking the game over and not slowing the game and not changing the game. But we should always look at when we have a play, is that significant? that impacts the game at that time. Okay, is there something that should be done here that would catch that play, that type of play? And that's what we'll do this offseason. Now, realistically, the casual fan thinks there's going to be a rule change. But we know it's objective versus subjective in those kind of uh, situations. So what could we expect in the offseason? Yeah, it, 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 you bring up the point of, of we have as a league really tried to stay away uh, in, in the replay space from, from dealing with subjective. We've always dealt in bright lines. In other words, did the ball cross the goal line? Did the feet land inside or outside of the sideline? We've always had an objective boundary to go against and tried to stay away from what we, what, it, what is the official thinking um, and what's their subjective judgment. It doesn't mean that you couldn't get into it, but when you get into it, you're going to have to figure out what's the standard going to be. Is the standard going to be that you get to you get to use your judgment to substitute for my judgment. I'm the on-field official, and I've judged this, and now you're the upstairs official, and you've judged it differently. I mean, we just got to think through all those implications. But I think what we do well as a league, we have no pride in our rules. In other words, we don't sit there and say, uh, you know, uh, home plate to first base is 90 feet, and we're never going to change it. No, we, we will change it. We, we have to. We changed our hash marks. We've, you know, we'll change our goalposts. We moved the goalposts from the goal line back 10 yards. We, we changed the extra point. We, we'll, we'll do whatever we need to do to modernize the game. 
when the game can become more competitive, and we should do that with replay. We should look at it. We should figure out, is there a way it can make us better? But we should do it in a way that says, at the end of the day, the game is most important. And we need to make sure that when we do it, we're not just doing it to pacify people, but to make the game better. Explain to us what's going to happen in the offseason. The process begins now, because right now we have a survey that we, we do every year, competition committee does. We go to all 32 clubs, we ask them, you know, 30 questions. And then we also have catch-alls. Hey, tell us some things you want to talk. Be assured that this will be on at least New Orleans uh, survey saying we want to talk about this. Um, we'll go to New York uh, in uh, two weeks. Uh, we're there for two days. Competition committee, there's seven of us. We'll bring out those surveys. We'll, we'll make a list of all the things we want to talk about. Clearly, this will be one of them. The play was significant enough where it's going to be. Uh, we'll discuss it a little bit there, not a lot. We'll go to Indianapolis at the Combine. We'll meet for five days, and we'll, we'll really vet a lot of things. We'll then go to Arizona for five days to six days, and, and we'll finalize what our recommendations are. So you'll have club proposals. I'm sure we'll get a club proposal or two on this. And then you'll have competition committee proposals. And our proposals are traditionally a little bit of what the clubs gave us, a little bit of what the research is, a lot of us talking through with the officials, how would you like this written? How, we, how could you be able to officiate this or use it in replay? And then we'll go have a, a vote with the membership. And the membership will vote. Listen, our job as competition committee is to get things on the table. But you've got to get 24 votes. Uh, and uh, I've been on this committee 25 years. Uh, I know what 24 votes looks like. It, it's not the easiest thing. Um, and it usually requires that you have a very well thought out proposal. You don't just throw something out there because these are bright people that know the game well. And if you haven't researched it and you don't have every angle covered, it took us six years, seven years to get the extra point change, to get to 24 votes. So it's just, um, it's a process. But that's the, how the process will play out. Now, just your gut feeling, do you think there'll be pass interference on instant replay coming next season? I'm not guessing yet. Uh, I appreciate the question, but I'm not guessing yet because I've seen this process a lot. I think the one thing about it is we shouldn't go into it with um, any preconceived notion because the game has evolved and uh, technology has evolved. So if there's a way that we can make the game better and it would involve that, re reviewing a, a pass interference or no call or call, whatever it may be, then we should consider it. But I just want everybody to understand it's not simplistic. It is complicated because there's timing involved. There's, there's just a lot of things that go into it. Um, but it will be talked about and it will take our offseason. Last year we had the catch rule that everybody was concerned about. And what we tried to do there, I think, was good, was we said get rid of the history. Get rid of it. Don't let's just tear, take the rule and tear it up and let's start over. If we could start over, how would we do this? And I think I think we got ourselves to a good place. It took us a lot of years to get there. But in this one, I think we'll have a similar mindset of, OK, don't don't get caught up in what the past was. What's the future and why? Why should it be that way? Rich Truman, thank you, sir. He interviewed Rich McKay. He is the Falcons president and chairman of the NFL competition committee from the Super Bowl. There must have been some free food nearby. <laughs> Truman was hanging near the free food, and like Rich McKay just happened to walk by. Excuse me, Rich, Rich. Hey, he was Abe. Hey, he was hanging tough on Radio Row. Uh, uh, I got two takeaways. Two? Two. Two. Well, I got a lot. Does that leave me with zero? That, no, I, I will keep them short. Right. The, the first thing he was saying was that, okay, it's going to be a, 
because it, <laughs> a lot of times it's a bang bang sort of thing. So should you have instant replay for it? The problem with this is the play where there was pass interference in the Saints Rams game. It was so blasted obvious. It was ridiculous because not only did you have pass interference, you had helmet to helmet. I mean, you couldn't miss it. So I, I say once again, obviously you could. You well, <laughs> obviously <could>. one could. <laughs> well, it's, but the way now legend has it that one ref was ready to throw the flag, and the other ref came in and said, "No, no, 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 don't yeah. throw the flag." I don't. What do you want me to tell you? That's 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 my first take. I can, I don't get worked up by this stuff. So yeah, I see. I do. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm an old man. The se- <laughs> the second thing is. How do you do if you do bring this in? How do you do it so you don't slow up the game? Yes, they're very concerned about the pace. You gotta, whatever it is, and this is my take on what's going to happen. They have these offseason meetings in some really nice places. They'll be looking at blue water, they'll be dining on cracked crab, (laughs) (laughs) something like that, sleeping on a high thread count sheet. Someone's going to say, Remember that play? And they're all going to say, What play? And that no changes will occur. I was it's gonna, a, dist- a distant memory at that point. So you're gonna? Say, you know, I won't. I won't say what I was gonna say. Okay. Because, but but a certain place in Switzerland has that kind of a problem. Oh, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Davos always does this all the time, <laughs> where they have these great ideas, and then it seems like it's not carried so on. So you're equating the World Economic Forum to the NFL owners meeting. Hey, there's, a, there's something that's, hey, there's a comparison I, 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 there. I'm willing to bet there's some crack crab and some high thread count sheets at both. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr along with Scott Soschnick and missing Ebenovi Williams. And he's going to miss Wednesday too, right? Yeah. Sorry, everybody. But we, we, you and me, we are here every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Exploring the world of money and sports, and join us again at the end of the week when we speak with. Remember, you remember who our guest is this week at the end of the week? Do you remember? I do. Yeah. And then, and then uh, I forgot. You forgot. I forgot. I'm gonna let you keep okay. stirring on this. All right. Who do we got? We got uh, what you call it? Yeah. Who's a Yeah. And and Rudy be- Klein Thomas. Oh, my the liaison, goodness. as yes. you like to say, yes. he is the yes. 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 liaison between the technology world, the investment community, and professional athletes. Yes, yes, and by, and that was a great interview. Yeah, Rudy was great. I like Rudy. Yep. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online wherever you get your podcasts.